Hello, I'm Chase Blasick, an Asia-Pacific analyst at RAIN. This podcast is brought to you by RAIN Worldview. Subscribe today at stratfor.com. Welcome to RAIN's Essential Geopolitics Podcast. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for joining us. As the war in Ukraine grinds on, Europe and the West, despite severe sanctions, are looking with a wary eye towards Russia and its long-term goals. Finland and Sweden have officially applied to join NATO, but that would require approval from all 30 member countries. And there's a holdout. Here with details is Emily Hawthorne. She's Senior Middle East and North Africa Analyst with RAIN. Welcome back, Emily. Thank you. Who's blocking... Finland and Sweden's accession to NATO, and why? So Turkey is blocking uh, Finland and Sweden from quickly joining NATO. And uh, we've seen that in reporting out of the latest NATO meetings. And I think it's indicative of how Turkey is really good at taking opportunities to push for Turkey's interests when those opportunities present themselves. Um, Just to get straight to the point, most diplomats and experts with a read on the talks do anticipate that Turkey will stand down from the sprinkmanship in time for the accession bid to move forward. But in the meantime, it really does highlight Turkey's ability to push for concessions out of geopolitical situations. Um, Turkey is blocking this for a handful of reasons. Um, Turkey wants Finland and Sweden Uh, to recognize their concerns about the PKK, the Kurdistan Workers' Party, which is a Kurdish militia that operates within Turkey, and um, as well as in Syria and Iraq. Um, That's been a point of contention between Turkey and European countries for um, years. Um, Turkey's been engaged in a conflict with the PKK for decades, and it always feels like its European partners don't take its concerns about the PKK seriously, um, even though uh, most, um, I believe all members of NATO officially have deemed uh, the PKK a terrorist group. Um, there are ways in which Turkey feels like their concerns about the group are not taken seriously by other NATO members. Um, for instance, uh, other NATO members have supported um, the YPG Kurdish militia in Syria, which uh, was and remains engaged in, in a fight against the Islamic State. To Turkey, the YPG is really close to the PKK and is an ally of the PKK, and Turkey doesn't like that. So it, it just gets complicated when you get into the details of how Turkey views um, some situations uh, differently than a lot of its European counterparts. There are other issues as well Um sticking points between Turkey and the rest of the NATO alliance. Um, but the PKK issue is 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 really one of the main ones that's uh, causing Turkey to hold up uh, Finland and Sweden from joining NATO. Emily, I found it fascinating that you said Turkey is very adept at manipulating uh, the situation, geopolitical situations to its own benefit. Let's talk about NATO. What does Turkey get out of its relationship with NATO in general? Yeah, that's a good question that gets to some interesting uh, Cold War history. Turkey's been a member of NATO since 1952. And, you know, for NATO, Turkey's uh, membership makes a lot of sense. Turkey has land and sea bases. 
Um, it has, um, even at the time in 1952 and now, it has a very strong and, and large uh, military force. Um, geographically, it makes sense. It's right there on sort of the the eastern, southeastern side of of the um, European subcontinent. So it and geopolitically and diplomatically, it does provide a really key bulwark against Russia. Um, and Turkey has operated um, in that way in the past. Um, for Turkey, it does get a lot out of NATO. Um, and this is one of the reasons why we don't think that it's likely that Turkey is going to continue holding up Finland and Sweden from joining NATO because it's not trying to uh, sort of break up the alliance, as it were. It's just trying to use the situation to get some of what it wants. Um, for Turkey, uh, it gains a broader security umbrella for, um, in being part of NATO. It spends far less on its security um, as a part of NATO than it would if it was not part of NATO. And Turkey is able to negotiate and gain some leverage against other key countries, large powers, Russia, China, as well as Middle Eastern competitors and rivals, because it is part of this really powerful Western-leaning alliance. Uh, so Turkey does get a lot of value out of NATO, mostly security related, but also some of that diplomatic and, and political leverage that we've seen it employ in, in past decades. What kind of impact amid all of that will this, for want of a better word, brinksmanship have on Turkey? I think this situation is really putting a strong spotlight on the way in which Turkey has become a headache to um, a lot of the other members of NATO, as well as um, to a lot of the European governments that deal closely with Turkey. Um, Turkey is a really important partner um, economically and security-wise, but Turkey also acts very frequently in its own interests, sort of out of its own motivation. Um, and those geopolitical imperatives are often at odds with those of the other uh, sort of members of NATO or, um, you know, other European countries. So I think this is going to put a lot of negative pressure on the relationship between President Erdogan and other Western leaders. Um, I think in some ways that's valuable to Turkey domestically. Um, President Erdogan um, is a sort of powerful politician that has benefited from positioning himself as somebody that does not submit to Western imperialism. Um, and even though, as we just said, Turkey benefits quite a lot from being a part of this um, Western alliance, Erdogan has benefited quite a lot from uh, seeking balance and making sure that Turkey doesn't just rely on the West and that Turkey doesn't rely um, on Eastern powers either. Um, Erdogan is not going to ever want to be solely in an alliance with Russia or with China. Um, Erdogan wants Turkey to be independent and have a handful of balanced relationships across the globe. So causing a little bit of trouble for NATO um, is sort of part of that. Um, I think that in terms of immediate um, economic impacts. You have to ask that right now with respect to the financial crisis that's been unfolding in Turkey. You have to ask, is this going to have um, any sort of impact on that? I don't I don't think immediately, but it, it does play a part 
in that worsening um, relationship between Turkey and, and some Western capitals. Um, and I think that that is something that will potentially come back to bite the Turkish government um, if its financial crisis really does deteriorate and become much more severe and putting Turkey in a place where it is going to have to be, um, you know, in discussion with the IMF or, or um, you know, some other institution for more financial help. Turkey's not at that at that stage, um, not at all, and nor would Erdogan want that to happen. Um, but there is something to say for the fact that causing trouble for NATO now um, could be spoiling the well uh, for any sort of future um, financial assistance talks that Turkey might be forced into if it really saw its financial situation decline. Um, but for now, I, I think this is, you know, primarily something that will play out in the political and diplomatic realm. Um, Turkey is likely to stand down from this, um, but it does want a little bit more reassurance from um, these incoming NATO members uh, that they take seriously Turkey's security concerns um, and that uh, Turkey isn't going to be ignored or just sort of falling in line quickly um, with, uh, with the rest of the alliance without making its own interests heard. Emily Hawthorne is Reign's Middle East and North Africa analyst. Thank you, Emily. Thank you. You can read some of Emily's work in Rain Worldview, but you need a subscription. Lucky for you, Rain is offering four weeks of content for just $1. Get the details and subscribe today at RainWorldview.com. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening.